This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, co-hosting with me today is Max Cohen. This is our preview of Fulham's match on Monday against Leicester City. In this preview, we're going to be breaking down the match basically at the end of this episode, but we're going to do this show a little bit differently. I tried this out on a prior episode. I'm calling this buy or sell. I have several topics I'm going to give Max and myself. And basically, it's going to be a statement, and we're going to either agree or disagree. Agree is buy. Sell is disagree. So just keep that in mind when we go through this. I have several topics that not just are about this match, but about Fulham moving forward. It should be fun. Before I go on any further, I have to welcome back Max to the show. Max, how are you doing? Doing good, Russ. You know, final four matches of the season. We're staying up. That's a matter. You can go and enjoy it now, but... I think the focus now shifts to can we break that points record? And we're looking at three wins from four. I think we have to be aggressive here. And that's just my mentality. Three wins in the final four. That has to be how we finish. Okay. Well, why don't we start there? I didn't even build a little banner for that. Buy or sell, Max? Fulham will break the points record. Uh, well, I mean, I guess if, if sellers disagree, I'm going to say sell because I don't think we're on the form to win three or four. And I think, okay. you know, I think, you know, there's a world we don't win any, honestly. I mean, these are teams who are, one, in good form, or all of them except Palace are fighting for their lives, you know? I think the, the match against Leicester is going to be very difficult, very difficult. Okay, and I agree with that, and we'll talk about that a little bit. I'm actually going to buy. I think we're going to get the three wins. I think the final win is actually going to be against Manchester United. A little bit of a grudge match. So I'm going to say we break it, but we shall see. So that's an interesting way to start the show. Before we go on any further, I told Max before we started a couple things. First of all, if you don't know this, Max actually works for Punchball News, and you can actually watch him every once in a while on MSNBC in the mornings, Max. Tell us a little bit about your uh, TV uh, appearances here. Yeah, thank you, Russ. I appreciate that. Yeah, I cover Congress, uh, the U.S. Capitol for Punchball News. We're a newsletter covering American politics, and I'm doing some TV hits. Uh Early in the morning, 5 a.m. Eastern time uh, on MSNBC. Some of those on local TV, some C-SPAN. But I always say it all starts back in Cottage Talk when Russ made the decision <laughs> to do streaming, to do YouTube, to do video uh, the, in the pandemic. This is where I got my start. So I'm like, hey, this stuff's easy for me. I've already done Cottage Talk streaming live. That's great, man. That's great. And like I said, a little bit of a shout out to – your co-workers of Punchbowl News, they've been very nice. They've been tweeting out the show. So thank you. And uh, it's a, a great way to get your politics. Max is doing an excellent job. I would highly recommend following on Twitter, Punchbowl. I would highly recommend it. Okay. All right, Max, let's get to it. Like I said, I got several topics. We're going to be talking about moving forward for Fulham Football Club. But before we move forward, we have to look back. So, Max, I'm going to ask you this question. 
Fulham got screwed against Liverpool. Buy or sell? You know, I'm I'm selling this. I'm selling this. Okay. I I am of a different mind than most Fulham supporters about the Liverpool match. Uh, And and I I see people feel super strongly. That's a penalty. I'm sorry. I I don't really understand what people are saying. Diop takes a heavy touch, Russ. He swings a wild boot at the leg. And yeah, he fouls Nunez. That's a foul. Um, I'm not really sure what what other people are thinking. Did he make the most amount of contact? No. Was it maybe a little bit exaggerated? Sure. But a little, that's, that's a still little. a foul. That's still a foul. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what people are thinking about. And our finishing was poor. I think we, I think we played well. Okay. But to say we got screwed, we got shafted, I disagree. You know, it was, it, I don't think we deserved to win. Vinicius couldn't finish. Deccan Reed couldn't finish. Harry Wilson put a poor ball across the box. I mean, we had situations when we were in the final third. But we didn't deserve anything out of the match, in my opinion. Okay. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say, I'm going to buy this. I'm going to say Fulham did get screwed because I'm going to ask you this question, okay? And I said it on the show. The roles are reversed. It's a Fulham player. It happens to Liverpool. Does it get called? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I understand <laughs> the situation of the club bias. But See? at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, I think Liverpool were, were the better side. I mean, we were penned back. We, we played pretty negative for a lot of the match. They had tons of pressure early on in the game. I don't know. But, yeah, I think it's frustrating that they seem to get the calls. But, listen, I'm someone who – I'll complain about the ref, sure. Let's yep. complain about Issa Diop and the terrible mistake that led to the goal. The terrible mistake. If you play out of the back and you want to replace Tim Ream, who's a great ball-playing left-sided center back, right. you can't be doing that. And he seemed to get off scot-free because fans want to whine about the ref. Whatever. But Issa Diop lost us the match. Well, you can look at it that way, Max. You can. No, I understand your argument because he put himself in that situation. That's the argument for you is that he created this opportunity. I think Darwin Nunes died big time. I thought he died. He It looked like he was already going down. Carl Tanner actually shared this. I've seen angles of this that you don't even see contact. It is If there's contact, Max, it's very minimal. But he put himself in this situation. That's your argument. I still think that if the roles are reversed, this doesn't get called. I'm sorry. It doesn't get called. I think Fulham got screwed. That's a great way to start the show. We disagree already, my friend. We disagree already. Okay, good stuff. Let's move on. Talk. I don't want to talk about Liverpool anymore. I'm done talking about them. Enough of that. So let's get going. Let's talk about next season, because I think this is going to be a huge focus for us, Max, before we preview this match. And I actually tweeted this out because um, – I'm going to share the statement here because I'm in strong belief that Fulham, under no circumstances, 100 million, I still wouldn't do this. Here's the statement. Jao Polina will be a Fulham player next season. Buy or sell. I'm buying this because I think it would be the wrong thing to do because I, I use this analogy, Max, and you tell me what your thoughts on this. If Fulham were to do this, you have a thoroughbred. We, we just saw the Kentucky Derby, right? I would rather have one thoroughbred than three ponies, okay? I'm not saying you don't get three good players. Give me the one dominant player that you can build around. So for me, you need him. So the money to me is not worth it. I say unless there's a clause in this contract, which we're not aware of, actually changes everything. But if there's no clause, Fulma will be under no pressure to sell except for teams being interested in him. I'm saying he's a foam player next season. Yeah, bye. I, I'd say bye, but I'm, I'm very, I'm very suspicious because what you say is true. You know, he's on a five-year deal. Great piece of business. That means we're under no, and as you mentioned, we're under no pressure to sell. None. <clears throat> There's no release clause. Everything's fine, right? But when you look at the other ways, when Zhao Polinia, who's by all accounts had a great season. He's hearing himself hyped up as maybe one of the players of the season in the entire league. He sees the stats. He sees he has the most tackles, you know, the most ball interceptions, et cetera, et cetera. And when a big team comes in, a big team who plays Champions League football comes in with a 70, 80 million pound bid, and he sees a chance to be at the very top level, Fulham fans are not considering that. I think what you said, Russ, misses a big part of the conversation. We're not thinking about the player. We're thinking about the club. Now, right. of course, we're Fulham fans, so that's what we think about. 
but put your put yourself in the shoes of Palinia. I mean, th- this is a stepping stone club for him, to be completely honest. We have to be very brutally honest about Fulham. We just got promoted. We just survived. We're not playing in Europe. If a team who plays in Europe comes and gives an offer, his head's going to be turned. And yes, he's under contract. And yes, we're under no obligation to sell. But does he start making a stink? Does he start leaking quotes to his agent? And suddenly Portuguese media is saying Paulina wants to go. Paulina wants Champions League football. Paulina thinks Fulham are holding him back. I, I think we're underestimating this transfer saga because we all know he's one of the best players in the league. And so many teams could use him in center midfield. So many teams could use him. And he'd play. He's not like going to a Carvalho or an Eli, no, Sassignon, who will just languish on the bench. He could honestly walk into a starting 11 of a top team. So I think marginally by, but I'm not optimistic about Paulinho because what, what what does he do? What does he do when a big comes in? That's my question. We don't know. So that is a factor in this that we can't really, I hate to say, factor in because you are right, Max. It's a great point because players do have a good amount of say of ultimately what happens. They can make a stink if they want to. We just have not seen any evidence that he has made any stink about being at foam. It seems like he likes being at foam, but this is a factor that we just don't know. And that could be the game changer. If he really wants to leave, as others have told me, the player ultimately will have the last say on this. Probably right. But I'm just looking at it from a foam perspective. If they were to do this, I'm still buying because I don't think that this is going to happen, even though we're seeing all the speculation. We're seeing a ton of speculation on this. But I still don't see it happening because I think Fulham know how valuable he is. I think they know that he's happy at the club. But if he made us think that's the game changer, then you have to think about what would be the damage here, having a player at Fulham that might not want to be there. We have no evidence of that yet, Max. So for right now, if I'm Fulham, I go with the idea he's my player, and I'm banking on that. That's why I'm buying it. And I agree. And I'm with you. I think it's a buy. For me, it's a marginal buy. Marginal buy. Okay. I'll buy, but buy, I see- I'll buy a couple of shares. I'm not going <laughs> But I see the other side. I, that's what's good about doing it this way is that we can uh, talk about it and, and we can actually get into the gray area because there is some gray area with some of these. All right. Now let's talk about a player that you and I have gone back and forth on based on his performances. Most of them have been good. Some of them have been bad. Let's talk about Jedi. Let's talk about Anthony Robinson. His stock is going to rise, my friend. The more good matches that he plays, he goes against players of high talent and is able to shut them down. His value keeps going up. And by the way, his crossing is getting better. Value keeps going up. His situation is different. The contract is right now a short-term situation. So he definitely has more leverage here. So here's the question. Jedi will be a full player next season, buy or sell. I'm selling this. I think he will be gone. I actually think Jedi is going to move on. I don't know if it's going to be Man City, but I don't think Fulham are going to be able to hold on to him. I do think, again, maybe I'm reading between the lines, but I have a feeling he might want Champions League football. So I'm saying Fulham will be forced to sell him. So I'm selling this. I don't think he's a Fulham player next season. I'm going to buy, actually. I'm going to buy. I think – Wow. I don't disagree twice though. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of chatter about him leaving. You know, we've all seen the links to Man City, yeah, prominently. But no, I mean, because I don't think he's good enough right now. I think it's the difference between Paulinho and, and Robinson is that Ro- Paulinho could do it. I don't think Robinson would, and he he knows if he went to a big club, he wouldn't he wouldn't start every single match. And I, I don't think a club wants to take a risk on him just yet. I mean, he's had one good Premier League season. Right? Right. Just one. I mean, the first one wasn't terrible. I'm not saying it was awful, but it wasn't good. We got relegated and he was still adapting. He said one good Premier League season. And not great. I'd say Paulina's been great. Jenna's been good, but not great. He needs to add more in product. We know this. He, he's improved as a one-on-one defending, I think, tremendously, but it still has weaknesses. And I don't think a big club's going to come in just yet. This could be a next summer situation, I think, Russ. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. This goes back to our conversation about Paulinho. I want to bring Carl into this. When Paulinho isn't playing, we're so much worse. 
it's a worry if he leaves. This is my argument. They don't have a replacement. Can they find someone that can be a replacement? Yes, but can he do what Paulina does? Does I don't know, my friend. I think this is the crux of my argument. Why I don't see Fulham selling him is because I don't see someone that can do what Fulham need him to do in Marco Silva's system. I agree. I mean, if it's a question of whether I want him to stay or want him to go, of course I want him to stay, but right. it might be out of our hands. It just might be. Okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about Mitro, okay? I'm going to phrase this a little bit different. Mitro will not be a foam player next season, buy or sell, okay? I'm going to sell this. I think he's still going to be a foam player. So I'm saying he will not be a foam player. That's the statement. Your thoughts? Yeah. This is confusing, Russ. You're trying to trick me here. No, that's Sal. Yeah, I, I, he will be. He will be a full player. So you're selling it. Okay. Because no other club is going to want to go within a 20-foot pole of him after you know, the <laughs> brutal assault on the referee at Old Trafford. Just the, the disgraceful. Oh, my God. He could have killed him, Russ. Oh, God. How is that guy still alive? It's a miracle. I, I, I don't know, Max. His prayer is just uplifted. I'm so glad he's alive. Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, I, I do think he'll be at Fulham. Yep. Um, and although I am kidding about the whole situation, I do think that played a role. I just don't think clubs want to take a risk on Mitro. Uh, but that's fine for us because we know yep. he's a great player and, and he's settled here. But, yeah, I don't I don't see him leaving. I, I don't see him leaving. I know there has been speculation in the past. I haven't seen anything recently, but there will be teams that will come in for Mitro. And uh, I don't see it happening. But we shall see. But that's why I'm selling this. I, I did throw you a little bit of a curveball. But let's go back to the what we've been doing before that. Let's talk about Marco Silva. Like I said, I'm throwing everything into the ring here, my friend. Okay, let's talk about this. Marco Silva will be full manager next season by herself. I'm buying this. I know there's a threat out there of, say, Tottenham and maybe some other clubs. But I think this is just my opinion. I don't have any information on this. I think Fulham will eventually sign him to a new deal. I don't know what the delay is on this, but um, if I'm Shahid Khan, show him the money, give him the money, and show him that you're going to back him in the transfer window. And so Marco will sign a long-term contract with Fulham. What of Fulham's future right now for this season, my friend, hinges on this. Marco Silva will be a Fulham manager next season. I'm buying this. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think so. I think that he's settled here and he's seen what he can do with this team in just the first year. And they'll be saying the second year we have stability. Let's push on, you know? So, yeah, I think it'd be foolish for him to leave. The question is, what about in the middle of the season? What about if, if a big club comes in in, let's say, January right, or February, you know, with right. a very active offer? Would that be different? But no, I, I still think he stays. Okay. So let's uh, go back to some other comments. This is from Carl talking about Mitro. Mitro is full. I'm not going anywhere. But then here's the counter to that from our friend Neil Stewart. There are so many clubs that need a number nine. That's why I think he goes. On top of it, Neil shared this earlier. He says, Polina, Jedi, William, and Mitro could all be gone this summer. I don't think they're all going to be gone. Potentially, like I said, maybe one. Maybe two, I don't know. But um, it's interesting to think about the four players here that he mentioned. Can you picture Fulham without these players next season, Max? No, that would be bad. We'd, we'd be in a very bad spot. Uh, but I, I, I think Neil's right. You know, we can't we can't just assume because we like them that they're going to want to stay. It, it's uh, football, the Premier League, it's, it's brutal business. And, you know, people get offers all the time that they like. I do see what he's saying about Mitra, though, in the number nine situation. Yep. In that it's it's a very valuable position. But I just think that Mitra is not your classic number nine just because of – I'm not going to call it baggage, but his unique circumstances. And him being settled is so important to how he plays. And I think a big reason he stayed at Fulham as long as he did is because, you know, his kids love London. There's that Serbian restaurant, you know, right by Greg right. Kachi. He has a community here. And that's so important for him as a person. And I don't see that being replicated in another club. And I think I think clubs understand that. Okay. Excellent stuff. All right, my friend, let's move on. 
Let's now talk about a very controversial subject, okay? This is going to be very controversial, and I want to get your thoughts. I'm going to share my thoughts on this as well. So we all know the controversy with season tickets, okay? I've not seen anything, any movement on this, so I'm going to ask the question here. Here's a statement. Fulham will lower their season ticket prices next season. I'm selling this, my friend. I don't think that they're going to change anything. There's been absolutely no change in the season ticket prices, prices in general. I think they have basically put the prices out and they're going to stick by it. I think that they should make some adjustments after everything that has been said from their customers. Listen, the Fulham supporters are their customers. If you look at it as a business, they should be adjusting to everything that they're seeing. But I just don't see it, my friend. I think that they've made up their mind that this is the way they're going to go. I disagree with it. I agree with having basically an increase based on the economy. That I'm fine with. But when you're talking 18 to 20% for a lot of these season ticket holders, I just think it's too much. I don't see anyone making any movement. I don't see the club changing their ticket prices right now. So I'm selling this. I, I think they're going to stay the same. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree. Um, I think the club's making a very big mistake here. Totally agree. You know, the way I see it, right, is that the Riverside stand is bearing the biggest brunt of these season tickets, right, Ross? You know, you see the stuff shared online, and it's just yep. like exorbitant for for a season ticket in the Riverside stand. I hear a couple things about Fulham, right? We're not a big club. We are no. not a big club. We have a stadium, which is going to be, you know, around 30,000. <coughs> I mean, we're, we're going to struggle to sell that out <clears throat> each match. <clears throat> it's not going to be a piece of cake to sell that out, right? And how, what, what, what is the solution there, right? There, there are two solutions. <clears throat> Either you try to get fans in who might not already be fans, uh, people who could be converted into Fulham fans, right? a reasonable price, or you go for the exorbitant prices and try to make it attractive to tourists, business people, corporate and Fulham have chosen the second option because no normal Londoner who might be converted to a Fulham fan is going to pay those Riverside prices. It's insane. It's, it's almost like American sports, which, you know, we all know our prices are too high here. Way too high. So it just doesn't make sense. You know, we're in the Premier League. It's our second season up. We can expand our fan base with legitimate people who could become Fulham fans <clears throat> who live in the area or might just want to take a chance. But instead, they're pricing people out. I think it's it's a very bad decision. Okay, excellent. I totally agree, Max. And what's interesting about all this, and uh, I use the Kraft family here, who the cons happen to be very close to in regards to the NFL. So I, I do know that they talk. And I almost see a parallel here to what happened with Gillette Stadium, the same thing that's happened with the Riverside Stand, where once they built it, the prices were exorbitant. And it became about the corporate money because I actually think this comes down to, like you said, tourists, but also they're trying to get corporate money. This is what I truly believe. With that stand, that's their thoughts. The way that they built that stand, they, again, my opinion, think that that stand is going to help them compete. In the end, they could end up being right, but you should not be alienating the lifeblood of your club, which are the supporters. And I think they've done that. And I think that's the problem. I think you can... Get that corporate money if you want, but you have to balance it with the people that got you to where you are, and those are the supporters. And when you raise the prices to the point that you do, you're basically, in my opinion, you're telling them that, well, you're not as important as others who will pay those prices. And that's the problem I have. I know so many Fulham supporters that have family generations go back, and they are questioning if they should keep their season tickets. The fact that they're even questioning it bothers me, Max. I think that's what ultimately really upsets me about this is that Fulham supporters are really deciding, should I go ahead because of the ticket price rise here? Yeah, and it just, the larger issue is the club doesn't seem to be listening. No. Uh, and that's disappointing because, as you said, the fans are the lifeblood of the team. Yeah. And I don't know why there isn't that feedback loop which there should be this should be my friend and i think that's why i'm glad that we're talking about this we're trying to get this out 
Fulham that you're getting out. Fulham Focus are getting out. We're all talking about Friends of Fulham. You go on the website. The Fulham Supporters Trust. We're all talking about it. How can we all be wrong here? We're all getting it out there. We're all basically upset about it. And they are sticking by, as far as I know, their plans. They should be listening to the people that got them to buy Fulham Football Club in the first place. That's my thoughts on it. I'm not going to change my mind on it. Before we move on, any final thoughts on this topic? And then we're going to focus on the match. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously we don't live we don't live in London. We don't attend the matches regularly like other supporters do. Right. But it's important. I think I thank you for bringing it up because even though this doesn't affect us directly, it's a big issue for Fulham. Maybe we want to stand with the supporters. Absolutely. We don't want to see the cottage turned into a situation where fans for generations can't go. I mean, think about that. I mean, that to me is just horrible to even think about. I mean, listen, you've seen the comments questioning if they should buy season tickets. And it could be twofold. One, it could be the prices are too high. But two, it could be just making a stand, which I wouldn't disagree with. But the fact that supporters feel like they have to make a stand really bothers me. Yeah. And I mean, but let's be honest about the cottage, right? You know, a lot of a lot of people who go to games, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's a big percentage, maybe bigger than other clubs, who are just tourists there for the weekend. And, you know, we have the neutral section. Fulham has this reputation of not being a fortress in the sense of you go to the cottage and people aren't chanting, singing for all 90 minutes. All right. right. It's, it's a little bit more stayed a little bit more right. laid back of an atmosphere. And I still love it, but we're never going to be that team, which is, I mean, yes, we're a tough place to play because the players in the pitch, but no one's ever said, Oh, I'm scared to go to Fulham. You know, you almost hear a lot of away fans and even away players being, Oh, I love playing at the cottage. And that's not necessarily a good thing for Fulham. And it's almost like Fulham have said, you know what? Let's just lean into that. Who cares? Um, who cares about making it a good atmosphere? Who cares about making it intimidating? Let yourselves to the rich people who won't chant, who won't stand, because we already have this reputation as the neutral section, the tourist club, you know, the easiest club to get tickets to in London in the prep. I think my thoughts on it, and I'm glad that you shared yours are, is that they just feel, this is my opinion, that someone's going to pay it. Someone's going to pay for it. It doesn't matter. It's money is money. That's the feeling I'm getting. And I think the big picture is going back to when the cons first bought the club. Did they buy it specifically because they wanted to be in the Premier League? Maybe that was one of the reasons. But I think they also bought it for everything that Fulham stands for, for the supporters, the lifeblood of this club. If that was one of the reasons why you bought Fulham Football Club, I think you should basically rethink this. But I don't think they're going to. That's why I just think that it's going to end up being they're not going to change their pricing. And it's unfortunate because it sends a bad message. It already has. It really already has. And I don't know if right now, even if they did something, I, I would hope that it would change things a little bit. But I think the damage has already been done, Max. You're right. You're right. Uh, and, you know, we had a, this big situation, you know, three seasons ago, right? Yeah. And it doesn't we did. listened, which is which is frustrating. So it's, it's the same thing. And it's unfortunate because they do meet with the Fulham supporters trust and they're doing their part, but ultimately Fulham is going to do what Fulham need to do and they continue to do it. I just wish that they would consider more of the people that make this club. The reason why they bought it, it's about the supporters. And that's my point on that. I, I like, the cons, I've actually met Shahi Khan in person. He seemed like a genuine person. I don't know Tony Tony was on the show once, but I think that they do care about Fulham Football Club, but I also think that they're making a mistake here. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm not saying they don't care. I'm just saying I just think that they're thinking of it too much about the bottom line instead of the supporters that help you get to where you want to be, which you keep saying is sustainability. You need the supporters to help you become sustainable Fulham Football Club. Anyways, all right, enough of that, my friend. Coming up next, we are going to do buy or sell about the match against Leicester City. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, my friend, we're going to continue with this by yourself theme. If you're watching live, feel free to share your thoughts. If you like this style of show, I just introduced it a couple of uh, episodes ago, and I thought I would give it a shot with me and Max. I think it's kind of fun. So let's continue on, my friend. Let's talk about the Leicester City match. Let's talk about a couple of decisions for Marco Silva, okay? Let's start here. Here's my statement. Carlos Vinicius will start against Leicester City. Buy or sell. Max, I'm buying yeah. this. I'm buying this. Yeah, I, I agree, Russ. I agree. Bye. Vinicius, yeah, he's, he's he's a striker. He scored against City. He gives us a focal point. I think he actually had a decent game against Liverpool. Had two big opportunities. Absolutely. Them, but he four saves and he put shots on target. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll start. And I think he's changed a lot of form supporters' minds recently. Because I remember after the Villa match, I, I said in the group chat I was in, when he came on, that was one of the worst cameo appearances I'd ever seen. Um, because he was just awful, just beyond awful. And people said to me, listen, I think you're being a bit too harsh on him. Let's just wait and see. And, you know, I, to his credit, I think he's turning around a little bit. So I think he will start. Uh, okay. also, who, what's the alternative? Uh, Decker Reed, who's just been poor, very poor in that position. Or Dan James, who I like, but when you're playing at home against a Leicester City type, not sure he's the right person to put up there because we're not going to be counterattacking. They'll be counterattacking. Okay, excellent there, my friend. Okay, let's move on. Here's another interesting one. This is all on the starting 11, our thoughts on the starting 11. Cedric Soros will start against Leicester City by or sell. I'm going to say sell because I think it would be re- ridiculous if Kenny Tete doesn't play against Leicester City. But I'm just going based on. The last match, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. Sal, Sal, I think Tete will start just a midweek rest, I think, was what happened there, which I don't have an issue with. You know, we bought, he's on loan. We have Cedric on loan for a reason, you know, to give us some rotation and to give Tete a rest sometimes. So that's fine with me. Okay. One more on this. Harrison Reed will not start against Leicester City, buy or sell. This is an interesting one. You go first. Yeah, tough one. Um, ooh. No sell. I, I I do think he will start. I think Harrison will start. But, yeah, the midfield's a big question mark. It's a big question mark. Um, how does he rotate it with Pereira out? I don't really know the answer. But if I were to guess, I think it would be Paulinha, Reed, and Kearney. That's my guess. What about Sasa Lukic? That's that's the other question, right? What about Lukic? Honestly, Russ, I still haven't seen enough from him. I mean, maybe this is just me, but can you can you tell me what his strengths are as a player? Like, how do you see him? Because I just feel like even though he's played a couple of times now, I don't have a very fully informed opinion. That's what I brought up in one of the prior shows. Can we really make a judgment on Sasa Lukic? I thought he played well against Liverpool. I thought he actually had some Jao Polina-style tackles. I thought, okay, but have we seen enough? Can we really judge him? And actually, again, listening to the Fulham show, they were talking about the fact of watching him play for Serbia and really didn't see much of him, even though he was playing. Is he one of those players that you just don't get a read on of exactly what he's doing? I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Or just have we not seen enough of him to make a judgment? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's tall, right? Yep. But 
I'm not, I don't want to say he's weak, but is he necessarily a strong physical player like Paulina? I don't think so, not at the level. I've seen him lose a ball a couple of times, but I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. So I still think we have to go with – I would prefer Kearney just because I assume we're going to have the ball a lot yep. in this game. I think he's the right player because I think he's technically better than Lukic, in my opinion. Okay, very good. I'm going to share this comment from our friend Colm Bugler. The only thing I worry about Vinicius is he might think, why give me all when Mitrovic will be back the following week? Hopefully Vinicius is very professional about it. But what's interesting about this, and this is going to go to when we do predictions, I think Vinicius is going to play. I think that he will look at this as his last opportunity to really show something, to prove something. This is why I think he's going to start. I think we're going to see a very good Carlos Vinicius against Leicester City. His last opportunity with Fulham before Mitro returns. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't agree with Colm. I think he's going to play hard no matter what because he's getting a start in the Premier League, and that's a pretty rare thing for him still. But I don't know. I, I just I, I don't know if that will have an impact, honestly. I don't okay. think he's going to be thinking about that because it really it doesn't matter his mentality. It matters just his skill. And whether he decides that he wants to take a touch or just let the ball go under his feet, whether he decides he wants to be, you know, put the ball in the back of the net or he wants to do a weak shot. I and mean, I don't know. I, I don't think the ment- I think it's overrated for him. I just think it's his quality. Is okay. quality there or not? That's that's what's important. Okay, very good. I, I want to bring in a couple comments from Isaac. I don't Isaac shares this and I, I want to talk a little bit about this because the minute I saw this, it got me to think about something. Isaac says Fulham is going to be a top four team next season. So Paulinia isn't going anywhere. Now, on the face of it, you're thinking, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not going to happen in our lifetime, right? But then you look at Newcastle. You look at Newcastle. Now, Newcastle has the ability to spend a lot more money. And I've said this before, Max. At this point, I'm not ruling anything out. I'd say 10 years ago, I would say there's no way in hell this would ever happen. But I actually think the cons really want to be in the top four. They want to be in the Champions League. I'm not saying that it will happen in our lifetime. I'm just saying that this is what they want. I truly believe they didn't buy Foam Football Club to just be in the Premier League. I think they bought Foam Football Club to compete with Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, all of them. I still believe that. Yeah, I mean, on the face of it, I agree. I'm like, that's ridiculous. We're not going to be top four. Um, and I, I don't think we will be. I love it, but I don't think we will be. But put it this way. We're probably going to finish 10th, I'd say, this year. Yep. 9th, 10th, 11th. Those are the three positions we could finish. And at the start of the season, I think I was saying 17th or 16th is where we finish. So that's, that's, six, that's six places essentially above where we thought. So it's a six-place improvement. And if you ask me where I thought we finished next season, I'd probably say 10 again. So if we finish six places above, that's fourth. So, you know, it seems ridiculous, but consider how much we overperformed this season. No one thought we were going to be 10th. No one. I still think no one thinks we're going to be fourth, but, I mean, not to say crazier things have happened, but look at how well we've exceeded expectations. Okay, very good. All right, my friend, let's move on and let's – continue to focus on this match. I give you a couple of different scenarios. So now let's talk about Leicester City a little bit. So Jamie Vardy, who is still a dangerous player. I'm giving you a statement. Jamie Vardy will score against Fulham by or sell. You go first. Um, Sell because I can see me a clean sheet. But, wow. But it, it's a good shout, Russ. He's on, he's on good form recently. I think well, I don't know good for him, but he hadn't scored in ages. He just scored, so yeah. it's good for him. For him, he's he's still an old fox in the box. You know, he's still so dangerous. Absolutely. But I think that we're going to handle him. Okay, I'm going to sell this too. I don't think he's going to score. In fact, I'm going with you with a clean sheet. I haven't given my prediction yet, but I'm going with you. That's going to lead to this question. Okay, Fulham will score more than one goal against Leicester City. I'm buying this. I'm buying this, Max. Are you buying this? Oh, no, I, I, I think it's going to be 1-0. I think oh, it's there be 1-0. you go. But, okay. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think our, our attack has been very good at all without Mitro, with the exception of Everton, maybe. 
So okay. I, I don't see it happening, but I still think we win. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that in just a second. All right. Max, as we focus on the match, how does Fulham beat Leicester City? Now, what's interesting about this, and I gave this a lot of thought, and I have a respect for Leicester City. In fact, I predicted that they would end sixth this season at the beginning of the season. I will tell you how much I got this one wrong based on the talent that they have. They still have a lot of talented players. They're fighting for survival. But I think Fulham have been able, more often than not, handle teams that are dealing with a relegation battle. They've done it very well. So your thoughts, how does Fulham beat Leicester City? How do they win this match? I mean, it's tough because they, on the face of it, have so much more to play for than we do. But I think we have we, we, we can't sit back. You know, we have to be positive early on. And I think we have to get our most dangerous players involved. You know, we, we need to get William involved early. That left-hand side is so crucial. With him Massive. And Massive. We need to get them the ball and get them involved because when they're involved, Fulham play great. Uh, and we need to focus on, on just not switching off. You know, Leicester City, the other target set pieces. They're going to target counterattacks with Vardy. We're going to have to be aware of that ball in, in behind. But we also have to remember, you know, this team, although they're fighting for a lot, they just drew Everton 2-2. Everton's a terrible team. Everton's a dreadful team, you know? We've seen uh, it. Leicester have played, uh, I think they're undefeated in their past three matches, right? I think they're, they're on a better upturn in form. But this is not a team who's mounting some last gasp challenge. It's not like they're winning five in a row. So although, yes, we should be wary that they'll be fighting, they're also not in great form, and we shouldn't expect them to be some kind of revelation. So you know, give them respect, but don't, don't be too afraid of what, of what they have. And know that if we get the first goal, which I think we will, that might deflate them, and heads might drop. And that's very crucial, I think, is getting that first goal. Okay. The one thing, I'm glad that you brought this up, because when you really look at the season, Max, and we've talked a little bit about this. We talked about Jedi having some not-so-stellar performances. If I remember correctly, some of those not-so-stellar performances might have happened when William has been out. So I think that that partnership is key to how Fulham tick because they really are strong on the left-hand side. I'm not saying on the right-hand side they're not strong because I think Kenny Tete does a lot. You can get a good amount of play now, even from Harry Wilson, who's now showing a little bit of what we saw last season. But the key for Fulham is always the engine room in central midfield, but it's on the left-hand side. That's where they make their hay. If they're firing, if they're playing together, we're talking about William and Jedi, Fulham are going to be tough to beat. I agree. I agree. And, you know, we're playing at home. You know, we, we need to build off that. We need to build off a strong start and get the mentality that we're not just at the beach. That's very important. Because I think that's the biggest thing we're fighting against is that people think we're playing for nothing. And I think Marco will make a big point saying, look, we have to respect this Leicester City team and we have to fight because they're going to fight even harder. And I think we're going to see a very strong start to the match. Okay, very good. All right. Let's go to starting 11. Let's go to what you think Marco will do and I'll share mine. This is what you think Marco is going to do for starting 11. Yeah, I think Leno, Diabtosin, Robinson, Tete. Uh, Reed, Palinia, Kearney, Vinicius, Wilson, and uh, William. And that, that's what I think. This is going to sound boring, but that was exactly what I was about to say. So I uh, You should have gone first, Russ. You should have gone first. It's exactly what I was going to say. The only thing that I could see is potentially different might be Reed coming out and Lukic coming in. That's the one change because he did that in the last match. I'm curious if he does it again. I think you're right, though. I think Harrison Reed comes back in, and I think he sticks with Tom Kearney. I don't think he takes Kearney off. I think Kearney's going to start the rest of the season. I'm fine with that. Question, though, that was actually posed to me from my friend Steve Reynolds, who's been commenting a little bit. Here's a question. Can Tom Kearney go 90 minutes? Probably not. Probably not. But that's okay. It's why we have subs. It's why Blue Kitch. Yeah, but I... Yeah, his, his fitness is not obviously where it is with, with, in other situations because he's just, you know, ne- started very few matches. Right. And also still coming off the injury, although it was a while ago. Right. You know. But I, I've been impressed by his aggressiveness. Yeah, so have I. Who knows he's made. 
he's flown into tackles in a way I've never seen Tom Kearney fly into tackles. Been very aggressive. I agree. I he, I think he's been very good since coming in. I've seen some criticism on him, but I don't get it because I think that, listen, every player is going to have some bad passes. We've seen Ja Polina have some bad passes. It doesn't mean that he's not extremely valuable when he's playing. Very valuable. And I think Tom Kearney, I wouldn't say is making us forget not having Andres Pereira. He's offering something a little bit different. And I think right now is needed. His passing ability overall is very good. Not that Paul, I'm sorry, Pereira's is not, but it's just different. Okay. All right, my friend, let's end with predictions for the match. I'll go to you first. What is your prediction? Well, you've already given it, so give it again. Yang's going to be full of one, Lesser City nil. Who scores? Lillian. 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 Okay, I like it. I like it. Okay, I'm going to go 2-0. I think Fulham are going to score a couple goals, and my goal score is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to say Harry Wilson and Carlos Vinicius going out with a bang. I'm going to say he's going to score a goal. Good. So I'm going to go 2-0. All right, good stuff. All right. Max, this has been fun. What did you think about the uh, way we did the show? I like it, Ross. I like it. And I think that um, what we should do in the summer, we should do a different one. It's like keep, sell, or bench, which I've seen a lot on social media. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a fan of a club gets asked to each individual player in the squad, every single player. That's a great one. Keep, sell, or bench. Which I think keep, is fun. sell, or bench. I right? like that. You get a lot of people involved. It's quick. I do want to say Steve Reynolds says, Washington slash Philly tailgater pub. I will be at both matches. I think Russ is going to Philly. I'm going to Philly. We'll be in touch. I'm talking to the Fulham DC supporters group, the Fulham Philly, maybe some other Fulham podcasts. It's going to be amazing. Hope everyone can join us in the States. If you live here, you're traveling. We will be there. We'll keep you guys updated. Okay. And I'm glad that this has been asked. Max and I are going to talk about meeting up in Philly. And I'm going to try to see if I can connect with some Philly Fulham supporters that we can find a place where we can meet up. A general place we can meet up. Who knows? Maybe we can do a show somewhere. So that might be fun as well. I am going to Philly. Max is going to be in DC. So we're going to have a, a very good summer, my friend. Seeing Fulham play, it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to it. And I look forward to seeing you again in person, Max. I got to meet Max. I was just thinking about this before we did the show about a year ago. It was Max, rough. It was like a year ago. It was the first week of May. I remember it. Max, came, right? Max came up to Boston. And I'm going to tell everyone where we went, which was the Halfway Cafe. Let's see if Max remembers the Halfway Cafe in Watertown. We we had a good dinner. We talked foam. That was great. It was it was a lot of fun. It, it was just very good. Okay. Uh, I just want to share this comment from our friend Coleman. The pessimist of me says 2-2. Hoping for a comfortable 2-0 win. Coleman, I'm going 2-0. Let's hope I'm right. Before we go, Max, and it's been a great show, I want to share just a, a quick little story with you. So, I work at a health club. I'm a manager at a health club in the Boston area, which has a lot of different medical offices associated with it. And this gentleman was coming from getting an MRI done, comes up to me and says, I'm interested in membership of the club. I said, great. That's fantastic. He looks at me and says, I know you. I said, what do you mean you know me? Then he says these two words. And my coworker, lost his mind when he heard these two words, cottage talk. He's a listener of cottage talk. Wow. And, and I said, wait a minute, you're a foam supporter. He goes, I am a foam supporter, Russ. And uh, I've been listening to your show and he was on, listen, I don't listen to every episode, but I listen to cottage talk. Celebrity. And, Celebrity. And, Russ. Uh, it was the coolest thing. It was the coolest thing. It made my Friday. So I want to th- thank this person for uh, just letting me know that he was a listener. It doesn't listener of college talk doesn't happen every day that I meet a fellow phone supporter. It just doesn't. So it was really nice. So I just wanted to share that story. That's great. That's awesome. Russ. Yeah. And Wayne says, and I agree with this hundred percent. Russ, your channel is outstanding. Keep it up. So testament to all your hard work. L- love, love being on the show. Thanks for having me. Well, Max, it's always great to have you on, really, and and uh, you do a great job. And like I mentioned, what's great is that I hope soon that I can watch you on MSNBC. And again, Punchbowl News, please check out Punchbowl News. All the people that they do a phenomenal job, 
And I just want to give them a shout out. They were nice enough to tweet out the show the last time Max was on. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate that. And Max does a great job, and I'm lucky to have Max as part of Cottage Talk. Final thoughts before we go, Max. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we need to win. We need to win to set the positive tone because we lost three in the trot now, all by one goal. And the performances are, are there. The results just aren't. But we, we, can't, we can't get in a poor run. If we lose four in a row, if we even tie, I wouldn't be satisfied. So we need a win. And that's the mentality the players have to have too. Okay. And I agree with you. They need a win. They need to end strong. That's why I am buying that they will get the points record because I think it's important. Plus, I'm going to go on a, a Leicester City YouTube channel coming up later on this afternoon in the evening in the UK. And I was listening, Max, to another podcast previewing this upcoming match. It's actually from the BBC in Leicester. And they were talking about this is the perfect time to face Fulham, right? And I'm thinking it might not be. You want to know why? Because of what has happened the last two matches. This might be the wrong time to face Fulham because they have something to prove here after the Man City and the Liverpool situations. I don't think this is the best time to, to face Fulham. Plus, you've got... Carlos Vinicius having probably his final match to play before Mitro returns. I think that there's a lot going for Fulham that this is not the right time to play Fulham. I disagree with that statement. So that's my final thoughts. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. We have a review on Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. My name is Russ Goldman. My co-host is Max Cohen. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.